Hey everybody, this is Brad Williams and I am the pastor of B4 Church. Welcome to our podcast. My prayer is that this would help you behold God, that you would see him for who he is, that you would belong to community, that you would be everything that you were created to be, and that you would be able to dream beyond the limitations in your life. So I hope you enjoy this teaching and we look forward to seeing you in person soon. Well, hey everyone, welcome to the B4 Podcast. My name is Alex. My name is Ashley and today we're joined by Mr. Dan Gill. Hey everybody. Hey Dan, we're really happy to have you, man. It's good to be here with you guys. Um, over the last couple of weeks, we've been having a couple of conversations with people who either have been a part of our church in the past or somehow affiliated with our church as we're kind of developing this B4 network of churches, of sister churches that we're partnering with. So Dan, you're one of the our partner church leaders. We wanted to have you on here. Wow, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> and you have been on staff here for quite a while, so a lot of people probably already know a little bit about you. But today we wanted to just dig in a little bit to your story and then a little bit into the story of Bridgeport, which is the church that you're going to be leading, and just give our congregation a little bit more information and get to know both of you. Yeah, we actually started on the exact same day. Yes, we did. And I, I give you a hard time because if you had just waited <laughs> two more weeks to go to Bridgeport, we would have been here seven years on the day together. Yep. Absolutely. But instead, it's six years. I'm a 300. quitter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say you're six years, 351 days away. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously we joined seven years together here, but give us a little background. Who were you? What were you? What did you do prior to coming on staff here before? Yeah, thanks, Alex. Um, I, I think some of you know, most of you know, uh, I'm not sure, but um, we graduated from Light Bible College uh, around mm -hmm. 1980 range, and uh, we always wanted to live, we meaning Sharon and I and our family, always wanted to live in the Northwest, yeah. and so we took a very small group. It was actually more like a church plant than an upstart, but um, right out of Bible college, we took a small group of people, spent five years there, an extra two years doing some other things, and then God took us on an interesting course and journey through law enforcement, and it, it was confusing and wonderful all at the same time, but um, I, I think what happened was God um, trained us and showed us a different way to pastor, mm -hmm. and that's sure. what I am. I'm, I'm cut out for that. I'm, I'm made right. to be a, a shepherd, pastor, whatever you want to put on there, but uh, after a quarter century of that, um, it was actually Randy Remington, who was the pastor before at the time, brought Alex and myself on uh, almost seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was our journey to this point. Mm -hmm. So you were pastoring at the coast for seven years? Yeah, we were there a total of seven years. Uh, the the group of people that were there, it, it was it became a wonderful experience. The church grew, and it was just a small town, about five thousand mm. people, and um, we we grew. We were able to get into out of out of our garage of our house into <laughs> a union hall, and then into a business center, mm. and then God uh, brought us a, a beautiful piece of property that that uh, others built the building, wow. and I drive by even decades later and, and look at it. It just does my heart good to yeah. see mm -hmm. it. So, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. I was just thinking about, you know, when you're pastoring in a small city like that, you pastor more than just your church. You end up pastoring the community, and then you go into the police force, and you end up a pastor kind of in disguise in a lot of ways in the force. And it's just really interesting to see your story that no matter where you are, God has called you to be a pastor. Yeah, and I think that's probably now that I'm a 
not at the end of my journey, but no, I'm no. probably in the fourth quarter <laughs> um, that I've learned, and that is um, a, a lot of times those scriptures about God never recalls the gifts and all those mm-hmm. things, and you can do anything you want with those scriptures, but what I learned was He made me to be who I am, and it doesn't matter what setting or venue or vocation I'm in, I'm still who God made me yeah, to be. Mm-hmm. And so that that really helped me out. And the point you made about a small community, uh, Alex, you're absolutely 100% right. And it was odd, because we were in our 20s. Uh, I can still remember going to an elderly lady's house. Um, it, it was for a visitation. She wasn't feeling good, so I went there, and she didn't know me real well. And I remember her looking at my young face going, Honey, have you done this before? <laughs> and, You're like, uh, and, I read about it in a book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, I had to say, No, I yeah. haven't. But, uh, but you're absolutely right. In fact, there was a Presbyterian pastor, and we would all meet um, there and we had a benevolence fund and all of that, but uh, Larry was this pastor's name and he was the pastor of the town. Um, mm-hmm. It recognized as that, and he was leaving in about our third or fourth year there. And uh, he asked to have coffee with me. I knew he was leaving. I thought he was just going to say goodbye, but during the conversation, he said, "Dan." The Lord spoke to me, and you're to take my place wow. as as whatever that is. Yeah. Um, and it was a great experience to wow. build the shepherd, some of the shepherds. Even as a young man, we were right. probably thirty by then. So that it, you're right. You you do more than just your small flock. It's it's the community that's yeah. yours now. That's so. so awesome. Well, and that sounds like in your story, you've had multiple callings. You've always had the same calling as a shepherd and pastor, but that sure. is different at different periods of your life. Right. I wonder if you would tell us a little bit about how you've known when it was time for a transition to happen, if that's been the same every time, mm, if it's been different, yeah, kind of what that looks good. like. Because I know other people are dealing with that. They might not be pastoring a church, but they do deal with transition. So what does that look like in your life? Absolutely. And I, I'm not going to say this is 100%, but this is 100% for in our experience. Yeah. And whenever there's been a, a, a major change about to come, God has been so gracious mm. and to to really let us know this is the way I've called you. This mm-hmm. is the place I've called you. It, it and later we can talk about it, but it actually happened just a couple of weeks ago in Tualatin at the building there. But but God is so very good. And if you you think about the biblical examples, you know, in Genesis twelve where Abram is is in his place with his father, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and God goes, It's time to leave mm-hmm. there. Very clear, very emphatic, builds an altar, the whole whole nine yards. And and for us, it was we we felt this calling to do something vocationally. And of course, a lot of people, we were at the La Puente Foursquare Church, and, and a lot of the young people felt missions or pastor, whatever. That's what we had. And then, but the transition out of that small church on the coast, God actually brought a brother from Kansas, of all places, wow. and, and gave me a word of something I had already felt in my heart, but I needed. It to be so sure because mm-hmm. I was about to turn a real big corner, yeah. not even understanding. Man, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, why am I not sure. a quote pastor anymore? But but then coming out of police work, and then of course Randy Remington giving me the chance to come on staff with Alex and the rest of them. 
it was also very, very certain. And that's a story, another story. But uh, I know, but I know, but I know. Mm -hmm. Because I did have an offer to go back into law enforcement Mm. that would have been very, very good opportunity. But God had already, you know, already said what he needed to say. (laughs) And it would have been like fighting against the tide to go. So um, for me, on the major things, it's not like... Dan, go get a gallon of milk. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's those major transition times, and and for me anyway, I just need him to clearly. Sometimes it could it could come many many different ways, but he will be faithful to always let you know that's mm-hmm. the way I want you wow. to go. Wow, and I'm guessing that's an experience that you've been walking through rather recently as well. <laughs> yes, as you know, um, you know, seven years at the coast, and then uh, not. I don't even know how long, but I'll just say a little while in law enforcement <laughs> and then another seven years at before. Mm-hmm. And now you're dealing with a, a, another transition, a new adventure, a new adventure. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. Those of you listening to this don't know who I am. I'm, I'm uh, in my sixties and it, and this, none of this makes any sense logically. <laughs> Um, in fact, I was thinking towards, wow, it's going to be good to buy some retirement property and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and so um, the unfortunate thing, and, and we can address this later, but there was an unexpected leadership change. COVID hit a lot of things to where the Bridgeport Church in Tualatin just found itself with maybe 15 people left and yeah. – and, um, the leader had moved on, and and Pastor Brad asked me to go down and kind of just shepherd the people and mm-hmm. and and love on them and stabilize some things that I could, and that was the original assignment. And I remember when the governor opened up uh, January back to where we could have people in, uh, in places of faith again. It was actually the Saturday night, January 9th, is I'm there Saturday night praying and preparing for my first sermon at the church mm. um, Sunday on the 10th, and God visited me there. And I don't mean that I saw him in the room, but I, I knew he was there. He mm. spoke to me about, I've called you here. Mm. Um, this is a place that I have for you to pastor. Made it very, very clear. Of course, you you go through the proper channels. <laughs> First channel is my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Always, Sharon's a wise Sharon, woman. I got some good news and bad news. Yeah, yeah. And no, and then of course, uh, a couple of days later, I talked to Brad, those in authority over me, and it was mm-hmm. interesting how God had spoken to them too. Because logically, this wouldn't be the way you would build a church with somebody in a later season of their mm-hmm. life. But mm-hmm. it obviously was God's will. And uh, and so we sat on that for a few weeks, and then we felt it was the Lord. It seemed, uh, as the Scripture says, seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. So um, we just announced to the church um, just recently that that uh, we were going to be their permanent pastors for this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, another transition, totally unexpected, sure. and um, but but wonderful too. Yeah, and yeah. while it's unexpected. Um, I also know that you have had some experience with this church in the past. Maybe not ever going into the building, but yeah, yeah. I mean, tell us about that. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting, and I I know I'm not the only one, uh, <laughs> but um, we we had uh, raised our kids, and and we, we've been at B four for thirty years now. 
Um, and we were living in the south end of Beaverton, and and we moved down to the to the south part of the metro area, um, Tiger Twalt and Sherwood, and we felt a real um, assignment to just begin yeah. to pray. Right. And so we do that in car, we do it on foot, and and for several years we did that. Well, it was about six years ago, maybe closer to seven, that. Um, we looked up some of the churches in the area, not just Foursquare, but anybody was preaching the gospel. And and so we pulled into this church lot, which at the time was called Twalton Foursquare Church, and mm-hmm. nobody was there. It was at night. I, I was hoping the cops didn't roll up or anything. <laughs> but what if were, they did? You, you probably would have known what to were. tell them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you rolled up on a few people that were praying <laughs> in church parking lots before, right? <laughs> yes, and that would be more stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a different podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, anyway, uh, we were praying for the church. We were praying for the pastor, Bill Jostrom, who I did not meet, did not know, have now come to know, and we spent a lot of time together. But Sharon and I were praying over the church, and I still remember sitting in that dark parking lot with our hands stretched towards the church, just believing for God to do a wonderful thing in that congregation. And during that time, both Sharon and I, we almost wrote to the pastor, but we felt like this is a place that has an assignment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This This is a place where God has a purpose for them. And, and I almost wanted to send an encouraging note to the pastor. I didn't do what I wish I would have now. But um, anyway, so yeah, our lives intersected, but mm-hmm. you know, you just don't know, right? Yeah. But now it makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, yeah. five yeah. years or so before you ever yeah. even walked into the building, mm-hmm. you're yeah. in the parking lot together praying over the church. And, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. for those of people who might not know, can you describe for us a little bit of like where Bridgeport is, kind sure. of the current condition, anything you want to tell us about Bridgeport, just Absolutely. to give us an idea? Yeah. Um, it is, uh, Alex and I have talked about this extensively, mm-hmm. but it could not be in a better location. Right. For those of you that are unfamiliar with the church, if you know where the Bridgeport Shopping, I don't know if that's the, the correct term, yeah. the mall. Bridgeport Mall. Right. Yeah, I mean, I love the it. The Bougie we, Mall. Yeah. We love. We have a couple of places we'd love to eat there and go catch a movie when, yeah. well, after COVID yes. uh, is over. But um, it is literally right down the street. So it's the same off-ramp. It's right off I-5, right. but you go up just a mile, mile and a half. And it's so centrally located, mm-hmm. and there are tremendous opportunities for growth and mm-hmm. and just to do things in the community. That's where the church is located, on Lower Boone's uh, Ferry Road. And uh, but I I think I, I think at before and even now as pastor, I realize that God does have a purpose, and I don't fully understand it, but I understand that God wants to do something in that community that's going to mm-hmm. reach beyond that community. Yeah. And part of it gets to be us at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then part of it's going to be probably somebody else as it moves moves yeah. forward. And we understand, we understand God's assignments, mm-hmm. that sometimes they're long-term and sometimes they're short, mm-hmm. and ours we don't know, mm-hmm. but we're there as long as God wants us to be there. So it's it's a wonderful, it's an interesting community just really quickly because we're beginning to learn because it's it's very affluent in places, mm-hmm. and yet we have some places that are just 
underprivileged and mm-hmm. right. and and there are needs, basic needs, and we just want to reach out to all of the community. And mm-hmm. so we're going to not only try to put a strategy together, but we're also going to say, Holy Spirit, show us what to do, yeah. mm-hmm. much like before has with Barn School and other yeah. things like that. So we want to reach Twalton as a whole. We, mm-hmm. we want it all. Mm-hmm. So anyway, awesome. a little bit yeah. about it. Yeah. What are some of the challenges that you've already kind of mapped out of being a church plant or a church, rather a church that's been there for a while in yeah. Tualatin? Yeah, but it's kind of a church restart in a yeah. lot of ways yeah. where, you know, COVID has wrecked havoc on a lot of church communities. Uh, absolutely. And a lot of businesses, a lot of things like that. And so in some ways you're you're kind of getting things going again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and that's really it. We, we had, uh, and anybody that's been around understands that, we started, we stopped, we started, we <laughs> yeah. stopped. And so in the fall, there was about two-week window where, okay, you can meet, but you can't go over this and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And so we met. In fact, Pastor Brad's the one who went down there. A lot of before people went down there. And if you just counted the amount of Bridgeport people, there was about 15. Mm-hmm. And so, and they they were scattered. Some weren't quite ready during the COVID season to come mm-hmm. back into a group, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I I think now what what we've been doing ever since about November is going to people's houses, mm-hmm. calling, contacting. We have a great council. Uh, Tiffany Kirk and Josh are our council members, and they have been our rock. Mm. Um, they have been with us all the way. We're contacting and and we're not we're not coercing people to come back because mm-hmm. some people have found a new church home. Yeah. Because and that's hurt. okay. And it's fine. We just want them to be where they need to be. But there are some that are still out there. And so now our Sunday morning services are somewhere between forty five and fifty five people. That's pretty so good, we're actually. really excited. Awesome. Which is about half the no, I shouldn't say half the building because that would be a violation of, of the, the COVID government. laws. Yes, it's yes. Well, anyway, yeah. about forty-five to fifty-five people, and and it's it's wonderful, and and yeah. we have more that have said they'll come back as soon as they get the vaccination, mm-hmm. sure. and, and yeah. that's that's the case in a lot of yeah. local churches. So that is a challenge, but um, uh, obviously, I think on a personal level, um, um, either restart or um, or even planting churches, having done this before, um, and and before has been a tremendous resource to us, just a ridiculous amount of resource to us. But it's still a very lonely job. Yeah. You mm-hmm. you have times where you. I remember after my first sermon on the tenth. Uh, and of course, the enemy of our souls wants to discourage you. I think that's one of the number one. Uh, tools that the enemy uses mm. against us is discouragement, mm. and I told my congregation that. But I remember after the first week, I said to Sharon because it was only like twenty-five or thirtieth mm-hmm. when we started, and I said, "Gosh, I wonder if they'll come back." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Dan, have you ever read Jim Collins' "Good to Great"? Yes, I have years yeah. ago. Yeah, I uh, I got a chance to hear Jim Collins um, speak at a leadership conference, mm. I don't know, eight, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, the, uh, full circle here, guys, this is not a tangent. It'll all come <laughs> together. But I remember uh, two things from, one thing from the book and one thing from his talk. One thing that he said from his book was that surprisingly, what he found about the best leaders that led great organizations 
wasn't that they were overtly charismatic, large personalities, is that they were humble. Wow. Mm. And, um, you know, in, in the time that I have had working alongside of you, you are one of the most humble men I've ever worked mm -hmm. with, Thank which you. is a very hard, yeah, it's hard to take that compliment. Cause you're like, what do I do with that? Like, <laughs> a humble <laughs> person cannot that, accept that. Yeah, yeah it, well you can, but uh, you're just like, I don't have anything to say, you know? Yeah. But the other thing is when he was speaking at this leadership conference, um, he was uh, speaking to a bunch of nonprofit leaders and you know, recognizing that in the church world specifically, there's always been a dynamic between generations or at least um, within the last 50, 60 years where there's this generational divide. Um, and he was affirming the young and the more seasoned leaders in the room. But one of the things he said to the more seasoned leaders is that if you're at 65 um, or you know right around there, you're at the peak of your effectiveness in whatever you would do, mm -hmm. um, according to the research. And um, you are only a third of the way done on your journey. So you Which still got a lot of might either be encouraging or discouraging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Not sure. Yeah, yeah. Take that as you will, You've Dan. traveled some years, but you're just getting started. And yeah. I remember like thinking about that. And there's a couple things I want to say about you. One is, is that I have had the privilege of uh, working under you. Um, okay. which is, yeah. And Ashley as well. And as a boss, you're the best. I still Definitely call you, true. I still call you boss and I always will call you boss. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> uh, even, even though, um, as of the coming out of recording date of, or not the recording date, when this goes live, you are no longer my boss. <laughs> However, I'll always call you that. Um, you're oh. one of the greatest leaders I've ever worked for. And, uh, also I can see every reason why you are where you are. And uh, I, I'm excited. And I, we've asked this already, but I want to like drill it down even more for you. Why do you feel like you are where you are? Like, what is it that God brought you to Bridgeport to do? If we were to kind of wade through some of it all. Mm -hmm. What would it be? First of all, thank you for the kind words. Um, <laughs> it's so humbling. <laughs> um, our, our assignment for us is is very, very clear. Um, it, it's so interesting when I was in my 20s and 30s, it was, it was during the church growth mm -hmm. phenomenon, yeah, yeah. you know, where everybody was reading. And then I remember going to the district and division meetings and stuff. That's all anybody ever talked about was <laughs> how many people do you have in your church? How, what are you doing? Bigger, bigger, bigger. You know, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. But it, it's funny how when you get into this season of your life, in fact, I, I have a I have a sermon series coming up out of Timothy where where Paul is writing his last letters, Second mm. um, uh, Timothy before his death, and and a lot of the a lot of the stuff is is washed aside, the residue, the stuff that's not important, mm. and and it's interesting because in in our phase of life, our season of life, a lot of that stuff doesn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. And so we understand our assignment. Our assignment is go down there and pastor and love those people. Um, there's There's been a little bit of warning for us from the Lord that there will be people that will oppose and try to cause division. And what most people don't understand about a shepherd is they carry a rod and a staff. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, um, and during law enforcement, it prepared me for. You had some practice with that rod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the point of it is, we understand our assignment. 
look, I, I'm probably not going to be on TV or a national speaker and, and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I know where we're called and what right. we're called to do. Right. And we're called to love and shepherd those people and be there for them. And having done this before, it's, it's the uh, you, you cry with those who lose mm-hmm. and you celebrate with those who mm-hmm. are, you know, celebrating and and you marry, but you also bury. Right. And and that's part of, of what we we come into that community with that kind of heart saying, God, just direct us where you want us yeah. and mm-hmm. we're willing to do the groundwork here, the the grind out if you will. And uh, so that's I don't awesome. know if that answers yeah, the question. No. Yeah, it yeah. absolutely does. Yeah. As you are turning the chapter, um, you have a moment to say what you love, miss, about before, what you what you wish you could say, culminating moment. What, were, what would be some things you would share with us as you're moving on? You know, you, you don't stay 30 years in a place without loving it. I've, mm-hmm. I've had three pastors in my, actually four, because when I was a kid I had one, but three pastors in my life. And it was Pastor Ron when we first got here, Pastor Randy, and then Pastor Brad. And uh, I we feel so fortunate to have uh, shepherds and pastors that teach us and take care of us and and know us by name, even though it's a big church and and for I mean for Pete's sake, Sharon and I were sitting in this church for decades before Randy said, "Hey, you want to come on staff?" Wow. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's kind of it was shared just this morning in our staff meeting, which will be weeks ago by the time you hear this. But it was that part where God sees you and. You know what? Even uh, something about before is is your scene, and I know that's probably not everybody's experience, but it, it is for us. And we have we have friendships here that I will miss dearly, because I, I we won't be here for that. Although we're going to keep a close connection. In fact, uh, Brad, I, and Joe Gruber, who will hear also on on this broadcast, will be. Um, uh, just putting together this family of churches that starts with B4 and Bridgeport and all city church in Southeast Portland and and Megan and, and Israel Talamantes, um, Central Victoria, mm-hmm. just a, a group of churches that will grow as we plant and upstart more mm-hmm. to where we resource one another, we help one another. And so I know we'll still have a tie, but it won't be the same because yeah. our, our attention and our... Our, our stuff will be elsewhere. And so it, it always comes down to the people. Yeah. I mean, I love the building. I love everything about it. But it's almost like God said, I've given you a pretty good gift for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Now it's time to go somewhere else. So, so But I, I can't for the life of me even think about life without even you two that are sitting here with <laughs> me today uh, on a regular basis. And it's very, very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll get emotional if I talk yeah. more about it, so I'm going to stop. Listen to something different. So if somebody's listening to this and they feel called to give some kind of support, whatever that, what are some ways that people in our B4 community can support you and your work at Bridgeport? That's a great question, Ashley. I, Thank you. You know what? I, uh, I've watched enough Christian TV and stuff where people go, what you can do for us is pray. <laughs> and then two seconds, can, two seconds later, <laughs> the, the phone number money, comes right? up and you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's where to send the Just credit send card you, payment. Yeah, yeah. But one, one thing, um, 
my experience in my life has told me, and, and Ron Mel used to say it all the time, no, nothing's going to happen without prayer. Mm-hmm. And, and we covet, we covet. Uh, if you think about us, please pray for us. Right. Um, we're, we're pushing into an area that the enemy doesn't want us to push into. Right. And, and we have assurance that the Lord is with us, but we just, we just want to guard against that. And, and we want God to fulfill whatever purpose he has for our season down there. So please pray for us. I, as far as, um, you know, switching churches and all that stuff. I believe God calls you places, right. and so that's why I don't waste my time saying, "If a few of you want to come on down," you know. Right, but right. Yeah, you wouldn't I, turn them away. No, right? no. I wouldn't. If you're say feeling cold, yeah. contact Dan. Yeah. No, but all joking aside, that's an important point. Yeah, yeah it really, really is. But just prayer and 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 that that is so much re, um, support and and you would not believe when I first got there and told that small group of people when we first got there, that there was a whole church praying for them, mm-hmm. right. that that God would just revive, almost resurrect, and it, it just gave them a, just a heart of encouragement. And so that's really what we need, mm-hmm. and and we do, we appreciate that. That's yeah. awesome. There's a couple of things that you've mentioned, but is there anything else specific that you would like to ask prayer for as you're thinking about Bridgeport? Yeah, I'm, it, you know, because of uh, the season of life we're in, um, it, it, it's it's funny if if you've got twenty years, you can make mistakes along the way, right. <laughs> you know, goof right. up, right. and and I'm certain we will make mistakes. But <laughs> what we're asking God for is wisdom, and discernment, and the leading of His Spirit, mm. so that we don't make the huge mistakes <laughs> along the way because yeah. we don't have time right. to recoup from that. <laughs> right. So what we're asking specifically for, Lord, help us to be about what you want us to be about. Listen, a small church like that, I've had at least 10 people wanting me to follow their vision, sure. to get involved mm-hmm. in their ministry, and I love right. their hearts, right. but we have to be about what we're supposed to be about. Right. And so we just need God to give us wisdom. And uh, and again, I talked to Bill Jostrom. He has shared with me about he pastored that church for over 35 years mm. and told me about the pitfalls that he went through and the church went through. And so I think the Lord has given us some direction on things to be careful for. But uh, we, we just, yeah, just we, we don't want to make major mistakes because we want God's kingdom to move forward and we want whatever purpose God has for that local congregation to happen uninhibited by sure. anything, including the pastor, because mm-hmm. sometimes we're the worst. <laughs> Get in your own way a little bit. Yeah, man. Well, thank you so much again for joining us. Yeah. We love you a lot. We're gonna. Yes. I'm going to miss you. I know Ashley's going to miss you. Yes. We as a church are going to miss you. Yeah. Um, you're irreplaceable for us, but mm-hmm. we believe God's calling and direction for this season of your life. And I'll still bug you, boss, for a cup of coffee now and then. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. We'll have you back at some point yeah. to give the church an update on how things cool. are going. Nice. Yeah. So. Well, thank yeah. you both for inviting me to come. I no. loved being here. I love talking to you guys anyway, but 
we'll let other people in on our conversation. Yeah. But thank you. It was yeah, it was great to be here with you. And we'll make sure we'll have the website for Bridgeport and any other relevant information in the show notes if anybody wants more information about that particular church. Cool. But we're so glad that you joined us today. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you found today's episode encouraging, um, feel free to share it with a friend. That's one of the best ways to share things you love. Um, also, make sure that you are subscribed to our podcast on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple iTunes. We will see you next week on the Before Church Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to visit beforechurch.org for more information. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with your friends. You can even take a screenshot and share it on social media if you like. Tag us at Before Church. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.